When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Happy Monday. Welcome back to a very special episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine, and today I'll be joined by a different partner in wine and crime, Dylan Hafer, host of the Pop Alarm Podcast, co-host of the Mention It All Podcast. Hello, hello. I, I, nobody gave me wine. I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> I know, I know. Honestly, oftentimes we're just drinking the wine in spirit, or just like we sound drunk anyway. So that's fair. Yeah. That's no, I that works for me. <laughs> we can continue. <laughs> yeah. So today we're gonna be just talking about a mashup of updates. There's so much, so much going on in the legal system. I don't know. Just it's finally moving. The courts are the courts are back up and running and they're trying all your faves. Like Loki, <laughs> back in session. It is funny, like we're going to talk about Jen Shaw a little bit and there was so long where it was like, we're waiting to see if she's officially assigned a courtroom. And it's like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, I need to know which one it is so I can stock it out. Exactly. I mean, like, I'm going to be like, okay, so this isn't PTO because it's for work, but I'm going to be at the courthouse for the next two weeks. Yes, with a press pass and like a microphone in hand. I hope so. I don't know how that works, but I need need to figure it out, clearly. No, I will definitely find that out. Got to use some journalism (laughs) school knowledge for something, right? Exactly. (laughs) Well, first, we're going to start off with these updates in the Delphi murders. Um, If you guys haven't listened to the episode we did on it, scroll back in the feed it was a ways back, but give it a listen. Um, the short story is that two uh, young girls were killed in Indiana, and there was a sketch released a while ago of a possible suspect, and now it seems there might be a development. So it's, it's kind of unclear. But basically, last Monday, Indiana State Police put out a press release asking for anybody who interact with interacted with a social media account by the handle of Anthony underscore shots to contact them. Cool name. <laughs> I, I don't really get it. It's not Snapchat. <laughs> it's not Snapchat. Yes. Um, it's Anthony underscore shots. I'm just going to call it Anthony shots from now on. Fair enough. Um, Anthony shots was a catfish that used pictures of this like hot buff guy to talk to underage girls and just as a trigger warning, content warning, um, this section will be discussing child sexual abuse. So just, you know, skip ahead if um, that is triggering for you. But so in 2017, the Indiana State Police executed a search warrant for the Anthony Schatz account, which led to the arrest of a 27-year-old Keegan 
Anthony Klein. And this guy was using social media to talk to and solicit, um, shall I say, inappropriate pictures from underage girls and would even try to arrange meetups. Now, it wasn't until 2020 that Klein was charged with 30 felonies, including possession of child porn and child exploitation, among a a slew of other charges. So last week, these court documents were found about his case. They were heavily redacted. They didn't appear to state any connection to the Delphi murders, but if the police is kind of putting out a bulletin of sorts being like, hey... um, we want to know what you guys know about this profile. People were kind of surmising that it could have something to do with these murders. Um, so last week, the Indiana State Police said anyone who may have been contacted, met with, or knows something about the Anthony Schatz profile is asked to contact law enforcement. And I know that we just said that we didn't have any wine, but honestly, <laughs> I'm wondering if I do because I seriously can't string a sentence together and I wrote all these sentences down. So for that, I truly (laughs) apologize because it's just not my day. I got to say there's something like particularly embarrassing about having your social media handle in like an official police thing of like, it's not even like, does anyone know this man? It's like, did anyone DM this account? Like that's, Oh, it's no, I know. Yeah. It would be even worse if my Snapchat handle got leaked to like the public. (laughs) I would just, well, obviously delete it. (laughs) <laughs> definitely delete my account yes um the possible connections come between because um i mean obviously abby and libby were children this guy is allegedly a predator and also abby and libby were found about two weeks before he was arrested so initially the indiana state police was saying that they were not confirming a connection into the delphi murders but on December 13th, they kind of maybe changed their tune. So they had an update. And this time, Indiana State Police released a statement that Klein is being looked at in connection to Abby and Libby's murders. So apparently since December 6th, which was when they put out this release about the Anthony Schatz profile, there have been over 500 tips. And this week, they people basically were asking questions like, why, first of all, why did it take so long between his arrest and for him to be charged? It was three years. Why aren't you guys saying anything about the possible connection? And here's what they say. During the last nearly five years, we've conducted dozens of secondary investigations based on information we received. One of those investigations included a possession of child pornography case resulting in the arrest of Keegan Klein. The information we had have and continue to receive concerning Klein has ebbed and flowed over these last few years. We understand there was a period of time that passed between 2017 and 2020 when Klein was not arrested and incarcerated for possession of child pornography. Once the Indiana State Police presented the criminal case to the Miami County prosecutor in June of 2020, immediate action was taken by both the Indiana State Police and the Miami County Prosecutor's Office, which ultimately resulted in Klein's arrest. Um, Basically, like the Indiana State Police was working to track him down off this profile and they located him in Miami. So I don't know, maybe there was just some kind of like slowdown there as well. Like maybe they just had to make sure there was enough evidence to charge him, but three years is kind of a long time. Yeah. Especially if they put out this one thing and were like, let us know. And they got 500 tips. It's like, well, that was in a week. Right. So it's like for three years, like 
I don't like clearly a lot of people had, you know, stories yeah. to share. Right, that's true. Um he this guy still has not been named an official person of interest, but I mean it's kind of like come on. Yeah. They're they're looking at him. And last week Libby's grandfather said, "It's another step in the case, you know, and I think it's a big one." So people are hopeful that this is finally going to be a big break. And Klein's lawyer said on December 7th, my client had nothing to do with the unexpected, untimely, and unfortunate passing of the girls in Delphi. Okay, they were murdered, so fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunate is not really, like, a strong enough statement. Yeah, like, it's not a passing. Like, they were killed, so... Yeah. Fuck you for that. But... Um, tips and information can be emailed to Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com or you could call it in to 765-822-3535. But I mean, who knows? It seems like this is a lead and that's all we can kind of hope for with a case like this that has so many parts. It seems like it's close to figuring out who the murderer is and um just hopefully that this will receive a resolution soon yeah whatever happens it seems like uh good that this dude keegan klein is like being looked into no for sure either way i think this guy does not need to be walking the streets like free exactly yeah when it comes to the plant-based eating debate there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. And other people who should not be walking the streets free... Switching gears completely. <laughs> I I feel like maybe Jen Shaw could like walk the streets, but she definitely shouldn't be giving anyone like financial services. That's true. Like take her away from an internet connection, but like, yeah, she probably <laughs> won't harm you just walking down the street. Um. So yeah, Jen Shaw is obviously the star of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and she was indicted this past spring on like fraud charges for allegedly running this telemarketing scheme. Um, and things have kind of gone from bad to worse for her as this year has progressed. Um, <laughs> so she was indicted along with her assistant, Stuart Smith, who we've seen on the show kind of as her like minion a little bit. Yeah. Um, and a couple months ago, he changed his plea from not guilty to guilty. Just not um, a good sign. No, 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 no. Uh, so back in March, Stuart Smith was charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering, and one count of obstructing an official proceeding. 
And Jen was arrested and charged at the same time. And she is still maintaining her innocence. Uh, Jen, both even on, on TV. On TV, on social media, anywhere people will listen. Um, she's crying about how she's innocent. Um, but I Stewart's, just, yeah. I just don't. I'm like, how is she... Like, how is she claiming that? Like, there's literally an audio recording of someone who, if not her, is her voice doppelganger (laughs) saying, like, this is Annie calling about your student loans. Yeah. On last week's episode, she was like, it's crazy what the government can do with no evidence. And it's like, Jen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm like, they were investigating for years. So I just feel like this is not the case to claim that the government doesn't have evidence. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I feel like if you're Scott Peterson and all the evidence is circumstantial, like, okay, I can see that kind of claim more than than what they probably have. Totally. Um, but so, like I said, Stuart Smith changed his plea to guilty. We don't know if he's taking some kind of deal or like what that is going to be, but he faces up to 70 years in prison based on his Oof. charges. Um, so during his sentencing or, um, his like plea hearing, he said, quote, I knowingly and intentionally discussed and engaged with other individuals to develop a plan or operation to obtain money by false representation, by offering and inducing individuals, many of whom were over 50 years of age or older to provide money to entities that I and others were involved with. And he added, which this is the kicker, the services sold were of no value and no real benefit to the customer. Um, so basically that's the crux of this is that they're selling these services that don't really exist. Um, and yeah, so now he's saying he did it. Um, but Jen is trying to get her case thrown out because of the Hulu documentary, the housewife and the hustler, the Shaw shocker. Um, and it was terrible. We got to say, yeah, no Shaw shocker. We talked on mention at all. I think they could have come up with a stronger, uh, also like, I don't, I don't like the trying to make it a series of the housewife and the hustler because she is both. Right. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, the, yeah, the housewife and the shot, you know, like she is the housewife and the Shaw shocker, you know, she's, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. She's also the hustler. Like, so it's just like, who? Yeah. So honestly, like this documentary, I don't know if you watched it, but I did. honestly, I don't feel like it was really that revelatory like it was kind of just a little bit of a recap of you know what's been going on um but she's claiming that by appearing in the documentary two homeland security agents violated her right to a fair trial and her attorney said that the comments that those agents made were quote extraordinary and completely outside the bounds of reasonable reasonable behavior um the feds are basically like no no they didn't no they're not like whatever (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it wasn't like a great look for them to be in the documentary, but it is kind of surprising. Cause I feel like the common thing to do is to not comment on ongoing slash exactly. open case. So I kind of feel like either they got bad PR advice or they really think the case is a slam dunk. Yeah. So Rick Patel, who was one of the people in charge of the investigation said in the doc, Uh, We don't look for a specific timing to do arrests. In the case of Jen Shah, she had a television crew that was following her on a regular basis. So it was not planned in any way. Um, Yeah, basically because they 
more they all but filmed her actual arrest that they, they yeah. got like the feds showing up to the parking lot where she had just been like five minutes earlier um but so assistant u.s attorney kirsten fletcher wrote in filing that what the agent said doesn't violate the free press fair trial directive which prohibits lawyers from releasing non-public information that could interfere with a fair trial or otherwise prejudice the due administration of justice so basically jen is going to trial in a couple months and um it seems like she is perhaps a little desperate to try and um you know, do something to sway how this is going to go. But at, yeah, at this point, it is her. what it is. <laughs> I mean, really good luck. I will also say that like, okay, I'm not caught up on Salt Lake City, but I don't understand why everybody is like coming for Meredith being like, <laughs> why would you tell the FBI or whoever it was like where Jen is? I mean, they're looking for her. They're going to find her eventually. Like, who cares if she tipped them off? Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, maybe they found her a little bit more easily because they got some tip, but Jen was not a fugitive. Like, you could spot her from a mile away. Yeah, she was no Ghislaine Maxwell. (laughs) Exactly. Like, she's actively on TV still, so. To this day. I can't wait for that reunion that they're going to film. It's like, how is that even going to go? I'm wondering if she's even going to be able to be present for it. She better. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just... I can't wait. And I I just am so interested to see what's going to happen with Erica as well. I know. And it's it's different because Erica hasn't been charged with anything. But like, right. At a certain point, all of this bankruptcy and money stuff is going to have to be resolved. And I can't imagine that going well for her. No, I feel like either way, she didn't do herself any favors at all. Yeah, exactly. More more to come in 2022 from the Housewives legal team. Yeah, seriously. Switching gears to someone I just mentioned above, Scott Peterson. He's on the brain. Last week, his death penalty conviction got overturned, and he was resentenced to life in prison without parole. And a judge also sentenced him to 15 years for the death of his unborn son, Connor, and the sentences will run concurrently. Um, I I feel like if you're already serving life, 15, like, who cares? I mean, there's not, (laughs) it adds up to the same amount of time. Right. He'll he'll get 15 years in the afterlife, like whatever. Um, So to be clear, he did not get a new trial. This was basically his death conviction appeal that his team had been working on for years. Um, A state Supreme Court found that jurors were improperly dismissed because they disagreed with the death penalty. So Peterson was seeking to have his conviction overturned as a result of prejudicial misconduct, which related to one juror, Rochelle Nice, who was like the strawberry shortcake juror. She was an alternate that got kind of called in. She went really fucking hard against Scott and kind of made a name for herself that way with just like the outrageous comments that she was making like after his conviction. And but but that wasn't why they were trying to um, have misconduct declared it was because she said during jury selection that she had not been the victim of a crime when in fact she was a victim of domestic violence um and had i think called called authorities on her boyfriend and her boyfriend's ex and the kicker for me is that she was also pregnant at the time so they're saying that she lied in jury selection and also this could have biased her um the judge rules that there was not enough evidence to grant a new trial. 
But the judge did resentence Scott to life in prison instead of the death penalty. So, I mean, that seems to be that. I feel like that's the kind of thing where it's so like we it's so well established that it's like Scott Peterson killed his pregnant wife. Obviously, we know. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's. I mean, unless you watch that Annie documentary (laughs) and you believe the thing about the burglars and. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'm not really sure that I do, so. Yeah, I mean, generally, I am not really a fan of the death penalty, so I guess this is a good thing, but, like, yeah, bye. (laughs) I don't know. No, I agree. It's just, like, it is kind of wild to me to think of somebody who has been convicted and, like, in prison for that long still trying to, like, appeal and get your conviction thrown out and stuff like that. It's, like, at a certain point. I know, it's kind of... I mean, I, I think he did it, but... It's just yeah. like he's still trying it. <sighs> still trying it. Peep, speaking of people who literally are still trying it, even though we know they did it. Yeah, Elaine, Elaine Maxwell got some her, updates there. Her trial is um, plugging along. The prosecution has uh, finished their arguments after two weeks uh, of witnesses and all that stuff. There were multiple victims that testified, um, employees of Epstein. And they also physically showed the jurors the massage table from his house in Palm Beach. Oh, my God. Did they fly it in? Like, based on what I was reading, it sounds like the actual piece of furniture was in the courtroom, which is a little bit extra, but also like... seems like something they would do on Law & Order and like (laughs) what? Unless they're going room raiders and like looking at this shit with the black light. What does that... What value does that add? Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I guess if they're trying to evoke some emotional response from the jury, maybe it's part of that. But I suppose. Um, so the prosecution, you know, they threw a lot of stuff out there during their two weeks, including sharing a collection of never before seen photos of Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein uh, together to illustrate how close they were. Basically, they're making the case that. Um, we know Jeffrey Epstein did all of this stuff and it's important to understand how close he and Ghislaine were. And one of the photos was the two of them at Balmoral Castle, which is Queen Elizabeth's private estate, which is just, oh boy, it's just not great. Nope. Because <laughs> um, of course the Prince Andrew of it all is just, the you know, Prince Andrew. right beneath <laughs> the surface. Um, but yeah, so there were multiple uh, victims that testified, and one accuser said that Maxwell arranged, quote, hundreds of massages for her with Jeffrey Epstein when she was ages 14 to 18, and she said that something sexual happened every single time, so that's just nasty. Um, and she also alleged that Maxwell told her she had, quote, a great body for Mr. Epstein and his friends. Ew. So really just, like, especially creepy, gross, like, on top of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another another woman who said on one occasion, uh, Maxwell allegedly laid out a schoolgirl outfit on her bed and said, quote, I thought it would be fun for you to take Jeffrey his tea in this outfit. Um, gross. Yeah, all bad. And then sort of another layer on top of it, another accuser said that Maxwell herself gave her a topless massage when she was just 16. So it's not... Kind of what the defense has been trying to say is that the prosecution is really pinning a lot of Epstein stuff on Ghislaine Maxwell because he's, you know, dead and not able to be tried for these crimes. 
But I think it's important to note that some of the accusers have, I mean, obviously it's a crime to be arranging all of this stuff, but people have also accused Ghislaine of like physically, you know, right. being like, inappropriate she's, with she's them as well. She's not just arranging this stuff and then being kind of hands off. She was allegedly participating in these uh, exactly. sexual crimes. So Yeah, so she, I mean... It would be bad enough either way, but she's not just yeah. like this, you know, receptionist who's scheduling the appointments. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the defense is starting their side of the trial. Um, and it's interesting. Three defense witnesses wanted to testify anonymously. Obviously, there's a lot of attention on this trial. You could you could imagine why somebody might not want their name associated with it. But the judge denied this request. Well, yeah, um, I think it's one thing if you're a victim and you're afraid of retaliation and you want to uh, testify anonymously. But if you just don't want the bad PR of sticking up for an alleged sex offender, like, fuck exactly off. like, right, like maintaining anonymity because you were sexually assaulted is a lot different than not wanting people to know that you like spoke up for Ghislaine like it's exactly. not the same situation so I mean we don't know the exact specifics of who those witnesses are and whether they will end up testifying you know publicly um but I was I was kind of glad that the judge denied that because it's like mm, no that's same. not how this works no that's so sketchy and like I just feel like that, that has no credibility yeah, so basically the defense is going to take the stand now. They're not expected to take as long as the prosecution did. Honestly, I feel like it was probably kind of hard to find witnesses. It's not much to say. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's hard. I do, like, the defense's main thing, like I said, is that they're saying that she's being sort of, um, you know, disproportionately scapegoated for stuff that Jeffrey Epstein did. And, like, you know... Even if that was true on some level, it definitely seems like Elaine did more than her fair share of bad stuff herself. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really see what the convincing defense is here. So no, give me a break. I like nobody wants to hear this like fucking white feminist girl boss argument of like, oh, the woman is being unfairly punished for the crimes of the man. Like that is absolutely not it. Right, and it's just not stop. like. It's not like this isn't some financial scam where, like, she signed the checks that he put in front of her. It's like, no, this is really sinister and disturbing and gross. And, like, yeah, if she had anywhere close to the level of participation that it sounds like she did, that's, yeah, I mean, it's just. Yeah, absolutely. Not. Well, we'll see. But, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think it looks good for her. This Definitely defense not. seems completely bogus to me. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Should we talk about the girl boss we do we do stand? Oh god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Elizabeth Holmes, her trial is finally coming to an end. It took a lot longer than it was supposed to because of various delays. Um 
As a refresher, she's charged with 11 counts of conspiracy and fraud over allegedly lying to investors and patients about Theranos technology and closing arguments are being heard right now. She took the stand in her own defense and I am fucking dying to hear an audio recording of that. I'm like, get this woman on perjury alone if she tried to use her fake deep voice. Like, that's it. She's like, yeah, actually, I never lied to anyone about Theranos, and this is still my real voice. Sierra, I'm I'm literally dying to know, like, what is she going with? Because I'm dying to know about the voice, but also I just am dying to know, like, truly how she thinks she didn't lie to people. Well, it's absurd. So basically, she is trying to claim that she never intentionally misled anybody or the company about like what it what the technology could do and her whole defense is that yes Theranos failed which we all know it publicly failed but they're trying to claim that failure is not a crime but the prosecution has you know procured like witnesses documents all this stuff that they like seem to have fudged <laughs> to make Theranos sound like it could do what they were claiming it could do so I'm like, again, good luck trying to girl boss your way out of this one. Yeah, I feel like it's it's the kind of thing where I don't like if it was just like a couple accounting errors, maybe. But oh, my God, ba- not even based close. on like watching the documentary and listening to the podcast and stuff. It's like the kind of claims they were making about what their technology could do were like so wildly off from what the reality was that it's yeah. like. I mean, did you see um, they released the first photos of Amanda Seyfried playing her in the Hulu show that's coming out? Yeah, she looks good. I wonder, she has a pretty melodious voice. Like, what is, it's going to be interesting if she tries to be like, yes, hello. <laughs> I know. I that's One drop like, of blood can change the world. Right. Like, she looks good in the photos, but I'm like, I need to hear the voice. And also, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is doing a movie of playing Elizabeth Holmes. So there's going to be like competing performances. I feel like her actual voice sounds closer. Yeah. I don't know. I, I To me, it's like the voice is, imp- it is important, but then also like, I feel like the movie itself could be like really good or really bad. So we'll yeah, see. it's got to be like the voice and the crazy eyes. Exactly. Yeah. You really have to get the, <laughs> you have to look like you haven't slept in a week. Yeah, truly. Um, So, the defense has rested its case on December 8th. No further witnesses have been called. Again, they're doing closing arguments. They're expected to finish on Friday, and then the jury is going to deliberate. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. Also, she is pregnant, right? Oh, or did she just that. give birth? I don't remember. I can't I'm not remember. Sure. I'm not sure, but I mean, I don't know. I don't. doesn't sound like it's going well for her. And then um, just finally... On a last note, Josh Duggar is going to jail. Um, lots of lots of child sexual abuse in this podcast, so apologies. Um, but Josh Duggar was found guilty of two charges of receiving and possessing child sexual abuse material, in other words, child porn. This was last week. He faces up to 20 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. Let's hope he gets the full 20. And he's expected to be sentenced in four months. This comes two years after Homeland Security agents first seized his work computers. And like between him, Jen Shaw, like Homeland Security has been working overtime. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know what Homeland Security does. I thought it was just like terrorism, but Homeland no. Security to me is like just the show Homeland on with, uh, <laughs> with Claire Danes. I'm like, okay, right? No, I have no idea what they do. I have no idea how your job can be both child porn and also um, Al Qaeda, <laughs> like telemarketing schemes, and that. <laughs> like, man, they really do it all, but. Prosecutors argued that Josh had devised this elaborate hidden system on his work computer so he could view this porn and not the work computer. Not the work computer. Though I think, he, I think he like ran a company or something. So I guess it all blurs together. Yeah, whatever. Um, the fucking defense basically tried to argue that Josh was either hacked or exploited by a former employee or someone at the company, which is just a classic celebrity excuse when you like are caught doing something bad on the internet. So classic. Um, The jury was just like not convinced, obviously, and convicted him. And also during the trial, a longtime family friend testified that Josh admitted to her in 2003 and 2005 that he'd sexually abused four girls when he was between the ages of 12 and 15. Um, And then also another member of the Duggar family was... Um, charged with child endangerment. I just don't well, understand. Did I don't you hear, know what the fuck is going on with this family. Did you hear the um, the like explanation for what happened? No. In that? Oh, wait, she fell asleep? She Okay, so she said that she was babysitting because she doesn't have any kids of her own. So she was like, I was babysitting and one of them slipped out the door. You know, it happens. Um, and then a neighbor like saw the kid running around outside and called the cops and then everything was fine. And it's like, maybe like, I don't want to say, I don't want to call her a liar, but also I feel like it's pretty extreme. Like if I were a neighbor and I just like saw a kid, like, you know, running in the front yard, wouldn't you be like, go knock on the door? Yeah. Like why would your first reaction be to call the cops? Um, so I feel like. It could I be also a case feel like if it like, was nothing, she wouldn't be getting charged. Exactly. Right. Like, why would that be? Why would the police be involved? Wouldn't they just be like, okay, like, don't do that again. It's not her child. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Josh Duggar fucking sucks. TLC, like, canceled all their shows. So I feel like hopefully we are, like, on the tail end of ever having to hear about them again. Yeah. This family is, like, horrifying, honestly. Basically. Yeah. So in short, ugh, fuck that whole family. Hopefully Josh gets a long prison sentence. I feel like 20 years is not enough, but you know what? It's not up to me. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You're not the judge. I wish. Ju- Justice Sarah Levine. <laughs> I'd be like that Parks and Rec <laughs> thing when it's like right to jail right away. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> That would just be me. Oh, my God. Um, wow. So many updates. So many people <laughs> being bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, the court system. I feel like they're just making up for all the time that got lost during COVID because now, like, everybody's on trial all at once. Yeah. Jesse Smollett just got convicted last week. Yes. Like, yes. That was on. interesting. His defense did not really. <laughs> his defense was literally just, like, shaggy. It wasn't me. Like, I didn't yeah. do it. I talked about his trial on Pop Alarm a couple times in the last few weeks, and it was just like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So he was, like, hooking up with one of the guys, and then, like, they were doing drugs, and they were at a bathhouse, but then they weren't together, and then, uh, like, it was extremely confusing. It made 
honestly no sense. And I read this. I mean, it was a, an opinion, so it's not like the judge said this, but um, it basically it was some expert kind of analyzed that he, the, him testifying in his own defense probably really hurt him because mm-hmm. in addition to like faking this hate crime, now they can have him on perjury charges. Right. Um, and I just feel like there's a reason that lawyers don't generally want defendants to testify in their own defense. Yeah. And so now he, he's been convicted. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but <clears throat> he's also being sued by the city of Chicago <laughs> for the amount of for the yeah. amount of money that they spent on the investigation, which is like a hundred something thousand dollars. I was gonna say and they wasted so many resources. The the brothers who he I guess paid to carry out this attack are probably also going to sue him because they say that he's spent the last two years like dragging their names through the mud, which yeah. is kind of funny because it's like. So they're saying we were paid to do this attack, which like still doesn't seem that great. But like the fact that Jussie Smollett is like bad enough, like what he did was bad enough that you're like, we, our reputations were damaged. Like we only did this attack that you paid us for. It's like, okay, fine. Throw a lawsuit, I guess. I know. I'm just like, can you claim defamation when like he paid you to do something that was already illegal? (laughs) And right, therefore, like, you, like made, that. you made our crime sound worse than it was. Yeah, so. I do not understand. Whatever, no, but Jossie Smollett probably not going to be returning to acting anytime soon. Yeah, that's for sure. <sighs> wow, what a year! Honestly, that feels like it happened like four years ago. It well, it did. It was almost. It was like January twenty nineteen, so almost three oh. years. So I'm not that all far these off. court. All these court cases are like delayed as hell yeah and you know who else has been working overtime Jorge to come up with today's game (laughs) I indeed have thank you for uh, for recognizing that Sarah it's nice to be recognized every once in a while you know gotta give credit where it's due there you go so this year has had so many crazy news stories, and so did 2020, honestly. It's been quite, quite the time for <laughs> news stories all around the world. And as this year comes to an end, I thought we could look back at the past two years of news stories Yay. and play a game in which I'm going to say an event that happened, and it's going to be both of your jobs to figure out and tell me whether that happened in 2020 or 2021. Okay. Oh, this game That's is fine. Really, it's going to be it's tough. Really, really preying on the fact that time is a social <laughs> construct. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. So first up, we have Prince William is named the world's sexiest bald man. Was this in 2020 or 2021? Uh, I didn't even know that this happened. It did happen. It did happen. And <laughs> I think it was 2021. It feels kind of recent. I was going to say, I th- I feel 2021 about it. You are both <laughs> correct. It was indeed 2021. It was in March of this year, to be exact. All right. And Sweet. Twitter was up in arms trying to defend Stanley Tucci as the world's <laughs> oh, bald, yeah. sexiest bald man. Yeah, justice Aww. for Stanley. We support. Justice for Stanley. We stand. We stand, Stan. 
<laughs> All right, you're both on the board. All right, next up, we have Spanish feral hogs attack and steal Shakira's purse. Oh, my God. Do you guys remember this one? I do. Um, I do, too. I think this was 2021 as well. Yeah, this was 2021. I remember writing about it in our newsletter being like, what happened? <laughs> it's not that long ago. That is correct. It was actually in September 30th, 2021. Okay. Um, but this this was a funny one. I uh, I still can't believe this happened. Like it sounds stranger than fiction. Uh-huh. And she it had does. the purse too. It was like damaged. <laughs> I feel like that's gonna happen if wild hogs get it. That's true. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have one uh, for the COVID fanatics. Oh God. The Delta variant is first found in the United States. Was this 2020 or 2021? I think it's 2021 because the whole meme was my fall plans, the Delta variant. I feel like I'm going to go with like a reverse psychology moment here. Okay. And I'm going to say like, it obviously seems like it's 2021. So I'm going to guess 2020 because it's like too obvious. Mm. (laughs) Well, you are incorrect, Dylan. It was in fact 2021. (laughs) So I will say it was first identified in 2020, like late 2020. Mm. But the Delta variant was found in the United States for the first time in 2021. Wow, that's fucked up. So it was right in the middle. But yeah, Delta did ruin all of our 2021 plans. And now we got another one. (coughs) Fucking Omicron coming to take Delta's candy. Great. (laughs) All right. Next up. The death of longtime host of the loved TV game show, Alex Trebek. This is 2020. Or 2021? I don't know. I think 2020, but I'm actually really unsure. I think 2020 also. It was, in fact, 2020. It was November 8th to be exact. What a terrible year. Took so much. Terrible year. Yeah. Rip in peace, Alex Trebek. (laughs) Rip in peace. (laughs) Rip in peace. (laughs) Rip in peace, the guy that was supposed to be the replacement host and then got (laughs) fired like one day later. (laughs) Yeah, that guy is like the, the scene in Horrible Bosses where Kevin Spacey <laughs> gives himself his own promotion. I was like, who are Literally. you? And where did you come from? Yup. Did you guys follow the whole host search? Were you watching during that time? I don't watch Jeopardy a lot, but I feel like I always like see the articles and I know that um, they're still like it's still um, Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings, right? I think that is correct. And for a while there, they had um, LeVar Burton. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I he, think he did a week. A bunch of people did a week. Katie Couric did, did a yeah. week. That was a good one. Aaron Rodgers Ew. finally did a week. Ew. And apparently people really liked him as the host. I know. I heard he was good. Yeah. People were like, he, he could be the new host. And it's like, yeah, he kind of has a job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? a little bit of a job. Isn't he busy? Also, he's an idiot. Yeah, fair. He doesn't believe in vaccination. Yeah, well, we didn't so know that, that back guy. then. That's true. That's we were true. so young then. <laughs> we were so young. <laughs> So naive. <laughs> All right, next up. Harry and Meghan say goodbye to royal life. Step down. That feels uh, like that it happened in 2019. But yeah, I'll go with 2020. It was 2020. It was 2020. The The famous Oprah interview was 2021. Yep. But mm. they actually stepped down in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Which uh, feels like maybe that was the cause of this entire thing. <laughs> the Megxit was what caused oh, the yeah. pandemic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And it won't end until they're back in their rightful spot. Oh my in god! Life. <laughs> Leave Megan alone. 
<laughs> All right, next up, WandaVision episode one comes out. Was this 2020 or 2021? I feel like I just saw a tweet about this. I think it was 2021. It was 2021, January 15th. God damn it, Dylan. That is correct. Spot on. Bonus <laughs> point for that one. Thank you. Right. You got the date? Wow. I'm like too up to date on when things come out. That's like. <laughs> How did you know January 15th? I don't know. Well, that's why <laughs> we pay you the big bucks here at Betches. That is true. <laughs> Getting bigger all the time. <laughs> Those bucks. <laughs> all right, here we go. Next one. The Super Bowl attracts the lowest ratings in 15 years. Was that the Super Bowl of 2020 or the Super Bowl of 2021? Did we have a Super Bowl? This year? Yeah, it was the weekend was this year. The weekend oh. was this year. I only know because of like the halftime performance. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I'm going to go with 2021 was the lowest one because 2020 was J-Lo and Shakira. That was a good one. I know. I'm like, I can't imagine J-Lo and Shakira having bad ratings. Yeah. Then I'm trying to think of who played. And I'm like, I honestly don't remember. I know this year it was the Buccaneers won this year, right? Jorge? Yeah. I have no idea, Dylan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so who was right. the Shakira year? Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to uh, go with 2021. Just to be contrary, and I'll go with 2020. Dylan, again with the contrarian, and again with the wrong answer, it was in fact 2021 with The weekend. Mm. Yeah, 2020 was in fact J-Lo and Shakira, and it actually happened before the pandemic. I remember yes. that. That so, was like the series finale. Right. Yeah, that was, that was one of the last of things that actually happened. Yep. Uh, I remember watching the Super Bowl at a bar with friends, and then I like, as, didn't go out again as for do I, yeah. a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a good, good halftime show. Power I might go couple. watch that. I'm gonna, Jorge. I'm gonna watch that instead of doing the pop alarm after we're done. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's okay with me. All right, we have one last question. Donald Trump is acquitted from his second impeachment. Was that oh. 2020 or 2021? No, that was 2021. It was 2021. January that is correct. 6th. Well, that was the insurrection, but you that know. was the insurrection. But can either of you name the charge that was levied against him for the second impeachment? Inciting, inciting violence or inciting incitement a coup? of insurrection? That is correct, Dylan. It was in fact incitement of insurrection. Ah. I'm like that was in my phase where I was watching way too much MSNBC, and then it just got <laughs> depressing. <laughs> Yeah, there was a second there in which I was like actively going home and uh, I guess I was home all the time. But after work, I would like turn on CNN. No, my just watch the news because my uh, my MSNBC crush is Nicole Wallace and she's on from four to six every day. So it would be kind of like <laughs> my end of the work day. I would just put it just on. Put it on. Yeah, I would, I would do the same thing. But yeah, no more. Yeah, it got really bleak. I mean, it was bleak. It was always bleak, but always yeah. bleak. maybe it, it just wasn't bleak enough to keep my attention anymore. You know? Yeah. I'm like, honestly, we're, we COVID voter fraud. We've done this already. Oh my God. <laughs> Freaking repeat. Come up with something new. <laughs> uh, Omicron. That's where, you know, there it is. That's your, that's your new, uh, 2022 news cycle. I can't wait for it. Yeah. But wait. Sarah, you have won the game. Congratulations. Woo. Woo. The defending host takes the title. 
Dylan, All right. thank you for covering today. We were, of course. It was lovely to have you. As a punishment for losing the game, I will relinquish my hosting duties back to <laughs> Danny. Oh my God, what if we played for like the hosting gig? <laughs> Winner hosts next week. Yes. Well, I, I've managed to scrape by this time. <laughs> Congratulations, Sarah. You get to keep your podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you. And thank you, Jorge, for this game. It was Absolutely. depressing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this blessed game <laughs> yes and thank you everybody for listening please give us a follow at not another true crime on instagram join the facebook group not another true crime group put something about the podcast in the questions otherwise like you're gonna sit in group purgatory forever um and there's a lot of people in purgatory so i mean at least you're in good company but just answer the questions and you can follow me on instagram at sarah lameem follow dylan you can follow me at Dylan Hafer and uh, check out the Mention It All podcast and the Pop Alarm podcast if you want to want to hear more of my sweet little voice. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, I mean, we will see you next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.